There is no such thing as normal. All the names you give yourself or those that others call you are just labels. You are not defined by them, no matter how flattering or uncomplimentary they are. What defines you genuinely is your heart. Okay, guys, today we have a fascinating lady with us named Christina. She's an animal communicator. And so if you're interested in kind of, is Dr. Doolittle real? Can that sort of thing actually happen? How does it work? How do you communicate with animals? Is it one way? Is it two way? And what sort of things have they got to say? Then stay tuned because you're going to absolutely love this episode. Welcome to the Doggy Dan podcast show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show. And as always, I'm really excited. I know I say that every time, but it's true. <laughs> Today I am with Christina Berkey, who is a Dutch, Swiss, Australian animal communicator. And, you know, I get excited when I'm talking to vets and when I'm talking to people who are behaviorists, but animal communicators, I get really excited. And uh, especially chatting to Christina, who... It's just a beautiful person and has such a knowledge and depth of um, communicating with animals. And I'm sure you're wondering what on earth that actually means. She's <laughs> currently based in Australia. She grew up in the Netherlands where her house was situated close to the ocean and uh, farms. Now, life has always involved animals. And uh, that's how she basically developed a, a deep connection with the animals and learned to trust and communicate with them. Um, she's a registered uh, clinical member of the PACFA, which is Psychotherapy and Counseling Federation of Australia, and the Gestalt Australian and New Zealand GANZ. So, lots of experience, lots of knowledge. Welcome, um, welcome, 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 Christina. Thank you, Dan. I look really forward to have this dialogue with you. It's great. Yeah. Well, look, I want to just throw it straight back at you and say over to you. Tell us a little bit more, very, very briefly. Um, tell us what it, what is it you actually do? Because let's just get into the nutty gritty. I mean, we've all kind of heard of Doctor Doolittle, who communicates with the animals. And, yeah. Um, so, what what is it that what is it you're actually doing there? Yeah, actually, I'm really talking with animals. So um, you can see it as that I actually tap into their level of communication. It's not that when I see animals, of course, I get the messages. I see where they are at, but I really, in my right ear, I understand what the animals are telling me. But for that, I actually need to be really silent. I connect with the universe and then I'm tuning in with them so that I really understand them. You can say like, you know, when you have a radio station where you're searching the right frequency, mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. And um, I give also training in uh, animal communication and I always say to my students, don't take me as your guru, find your own way because some people yes. actually get pictures, some people get only feelings. So it don't has to be animal communication like I hear it in my right ear, it can be anything and it's, it's good, you know. Beautiful, and, yeah. beautiful. So that's in a nutshell. That that's really cool because even when you're saying that, I know I I tend to get more of a feeling. Yes. And, yes. And so we'll touch into this more more. Yes. Um, 
that, you know, I was with my wife today and we have a horse called Al. And I couldn't even, I can't read horses by looking at them. I can mm. a little bit, I guess. But the, my gut feel was what was going on. I was yes. like, he really, he's really deeply connected to me today. And my wife was like, yeah, he's so relaxed with you. Wow. But it was a gut feel yes. more than uh, actually hearing. So when you say you hear it in your right ear, just for those people who are probably wondering the same as me, is there actually, does it almost sound like somebody's speaking, like the horse or the dog or the cat is actually speaking? Or yeah. do you just... That's a good question because I have a son, he's 26 and he came into my training and he said like from, hey, but I don't hear it like you hear it. But maybe um, you can see it, you know, when I start to talk with an animal and that's mainly actually by pictures on my laptop. First, I ask for the permission of the animal if it's ready to talk with me. And then I actually start to write the whole conversation down. And that is, I, I, it's not like that I hear your words now so clear, but it comes internally. It is like within my ear, I hear it. And I have yes. actually like a written dialogue with that animal. So it's like Got from it. the intern, yeah. internal that I get it. Yeah. Yes, but it feels like it's coming from the ear rather than down in your th yeah throat True. or up in your head or the back of your True. mind it's really True. It's, yeah so that, that makes sense wow how amazing and um and when so tell us when when did this sort of develop i mean i know i'm i'm looking forward to getting into the juicy stories and you know <laughs> being a bit of a scientist i'm a, well, more of a, an engineer and yes. i have a bit of a mathematical background i want proof i want evidence of so course, for of those course. of you who are listening <laughs> we want evidence <laughs> of course and um and I what i love about this yeah. stuff is i know enough to know that there is plenty of evidence mm. that if you just keep looking there is something going on here. So stay tuned, mm. guys. We're going to get there. But um, <laughs> what was my question then? I've almost forgotten myself. Yeah, Sorry. You, you asked actually how it started. Um, how did and, it start? And, and that yes. is actually just where you went to. That's perfect. Because, you know, I actually at the mo in the beginning, I didn't dare to come out with it. Because I saw, yes. because first I was psychotherapist and I still am for human beings. And I went, actually, I got a Labrador, Joya is her name, and um, we went to an animal psychologist for two years to train her to my therapy dog. And then she said, actually, hey, there, is, there are workshops here within animal communication. Would you like to go? And I thought, yeah, why not? So I went there. And after two times being there, I felt like, hey, but that's what I am doing already. So I actually started to, to talk more with friends, dogs and cats, but I didn't dare to come out because I thought like, oh my God, what will the people think of me as psychotherapist actually talking with animals that sounds like yes. a witch, you know? So I didn't. Yes, you, you're, worried you'll, uh, you're worried you'll actually lose business because people will think you're crazy. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So then I went from Switzerland to Australia and I actually didn't thought of bringing it in into a business animal communication but then a German lady said oh she had her cats in Germany and she would love to know how they are so I said like hey I'm not sure if it works because it's 20,000 kilometer distance but give me pictures I will give it a try so I did and I, I told her what her cats told me and she said like hey that's 100% spot on it's like you know them uh, and thanks to that, they are now in Australia because they told me they don't want to stay back. They 
want to be here. And then a couple, Alice and Chris are the names, they uh, have a media business and I actually connected with their cats in a shelter in Belgium and they said like, oh, can you tell them because the next day they will get the vaccinations for the flight to Australia that it's actually so they can see us. So I did. And the next day, the shelter owner called Alice and said, like, I'm not sure what happened, but otherwise your cats always go crazy in the drive to the vet. And on the bed of the vets, they nearly crashed. They, they were so relaxed. And then Alice said, yeah, I know, because Christina talked with them. I actually also guided them by airplane. So I'm not in the airplane, but by uh, my communications from Germany to Australia and also during the quarantine. And then Alison Chris said, hey, my God, you have to get out in the world. And they made me a free oh. web page and they actually like pushed oh, me out beautiful. into the world. And that was my start. <laughs> That's your web page called animalcommunications.com.au? Yes, correct. Yes. Wow. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful web page. Um, so just touching on that. Your communication with the animals is two-way. You can hear them and you can also kind of communicate and almost speak to them. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. That's very handy. So you can sort of say to the dogs, um, don't worry, your dog owner, parent, what do we call it? Mm. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. is coming back. Don't panic. They're coming back sort of thing. Or yes, you don't yes. need to be so reactive. Is that the sort of thing you can communicate? Or you can communicate anything to them, I guess. Is that? Yeah, it is. It is. I, I love that you just said like, yeah, dog owner. Or what do you say? Because the longer I actually work, I, I work now since 12 years as animal communicator. The longer I do it, the more I feel, hey, but it is not the owning. It's actually a relationship. It's a connection. So I have sometimes, I'm not sure how it is for you, Dan. I have sometimes problems to call it an owner, you know, because it is like, oh, this is my possession. But it is actually this relationship what is there. So animals often say like my human parents, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I understand totally. Uh, and and then you ask me because of um, uh, what I speak with the animals. I can give you one example that was really really beautiful, um, where one lady called me and she said her Labrador actually lost uh, the fur on the right side, and uh, she was by vet. No one could help her, and she would love that I tune in what is going on. So I. Asked ask her like hey can you tell me a little bit what went on in the last couple of years so that I don't need to dig in too deeply uh, and then she said oh there was nothing and suddenly she realized like hey um, I lost my kidney 10 years back and this new did you kidney, say kidney? kidney kidney yes exactly wow. kidney and um this new kidney actually starts to lose the function again and I'm worried about that so I started to talk with her Labrador and she actually told me that she feels that her owner is worried and stressed and she wants to take that on board. And when I then afterwards, because I do that as well, do body checks, I realized that the place where the fur is gone is exactly on the right kidney spot. 
So mm. I told her like, hey, you don't need to take over the burden of your owner. It's enough to give her love to be with her. Uh, that's the biggest help you can give her. Three days later, the fur was back. Wow. And that yeah. is like animals sometimes take over our burdens because they want yes. to be there for us and to help yes, us. They try to help. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen that as a dog trainer. So many dogs mm. have similar, you know, they mirror the owner's True. issues. So, True. And it's it's often more than the, the owner is a bit stressed than the dog becomes stressed. It's more than they're just picking up on the the energetic kind of so habits true. of the person you know if the person's yeah. always shouting and you know the dog ends up barking all the time yeah. but um it's more than that it can true. be like you say it's a disease or a virus or a something going on internally that the dog yeah. develops the same thing uh, something i want to touch on is what i love about this work um everyone who's listening is the there is no real placebo effect true. that you can uh, blame or accuse or say is happening with dogs true. so same as when you give dogs some medicine, you know, you you can't say, oh, the dog knew it was taking those pills. So, you know, we told the dog that these pills are going to get rid of your itching and that's why the itching's gone. You True. can't. It's not a placebo effect. So I always love that about dogs that True. when you just I say just. But what I mean is when you don't give them any actual medicine or change their diet and all you do is the animal communication part and then they change you have mm. to stop and go was that just chance because we've done nothing else True. we haven't changed anything physically True. so it's fascinating would you do you have an, an example of a really um i love stories about this stuff so i'm just mm. saying have you got a story about a really crazy or really strange or really bizarre kind of a communication that you had with a dog where I often say to my wife, because my wife does a bit of this, and we often say, you couldn't make this stuff up. <laughs> you know, it's like what the dog is saying or the animal says is like, where did that come from? <laughs> Have you ever had a, a funny one where you kind of go, that's so strange. And you're almost embarrassed to tell the owner because you think, oh, I don't really want to say this, but this is what the dog said. <laughs> that is that is sometimes true, that you have the feeling yeah. like, oh, shall I tell it one-to-one? -one? Because it could yes. also upset. That's true. Yes. That's true. It, could it also be an elephant? Would that also be okay? Because, yes, of course, uh, yeah? of course, of course. Yeah? Yes, of uh, course. Because that is something that was really, really uh, strong for me. So I, I went to Nepal to give their poster presentation in the Jane Goodall Institute in Kathmandu. And then we went on a field trip and we were in a national park and um, I actually asked the owners of where we lived if they have an elephant they would like me to communicate with and then they said yes they just got one and she is actually a wild elephant and she is so aggressive and uh, uh, the villagers actually brought her there to because they are so afraid of her so I said okay I go and communicate and now you have to imagine all the team came behind me with photographs to see what I'm doing and 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 so I felt yes. quite a pressure <laughs> and then I said like hey to the team please stay back because I need to connect with the elephant and when yes. you are there you are actually yeah maybe frightening here so that was already like okay we stay back and for them nothing visible happened um but for me, I actually spoke with her on a distance of 300 meters. 
um, I asked her what actually upset her. She actually started, you know, when they go from one side to the other side, you know, with the trunk and the body, like into this depressive yes. state. And I asked... Rocking. Exactly. And I asked her what happened. And she showed me that she is missing really, really very much her mom. And that she can't trust anyone. She can't trust the other elephants. She can't trust human beings. She feels completely lost. So I actually started to send her love. I sent her connection. I uh, told and afterwards also to the staff, like, hey, you need to find not a, a male doula for her, you can say, but a, a women, because she needs actually this female energy. And also I told them about sound healing, but only to give you this picture, for them, actually nothing happened, nothing visible. So the next day I went back to actually say goodbye to her. And I thought like she might stay there. Hey, I have a picture of it. She came running to me and she actually stood like a half meter in front of me. And we were actually eye in eye in contact for a long, long time. And that was so touching for me because that showed me she is not an aggressive animal at all. She is actually just lost and she needs love and and respect and understanding, you know. So that was very touching for me. Just like, I mean, it's easy to say it's just like a dog. You know, dogs are often not aggressive. They're just, Mm. they're they're acting out aggression, but it's because they're really scared deep down and, you know, you could say the same about people. Often it's not that they're actually, you know, want to be aggressive, but they're acting out a fear of something that might happen by you know, just acting aggressive to protect themselves. And at the end of the day, you True. know, we're all kind of, we're all different species, but there's a an element which is very similar that runs through us, you know, the aggression and underneath that lies fear and all we actually need is love. So Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, so that, that was a... a yeah, a story that really came up when you asked that question, because that is, of course, it's not funny, but it is showing like, also like we as animal communicators, we need to trust. We need actually to say like, hey, you don't want to have connection right now. That's fine. I respect you. And also to to see like our profession, or I perceive it that way, my profession is not to show it's it's really internal. It it goes within the animal, you know, because actually something happened within her that she was able to trust yes. me. And that was not visible for the staff, you know. <laughs> no, no. Well very rarely is there something that you can um yeah, often I, 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 I my experience is the animals don't kind of do a running they don't dance around with joy yes. or something like that always. So. It's often very subtle, sure. so it's not really a thing you can catch on camera. But the results afterwards are are there for everyone to see. If if yes, if you believe and you watch and yep. you look, if you have eyes, you'll sure. see. Sure, uh, sure, yeah, you're right, yeah. Beautiful. So for those people listening, can you give us a, a brief idea of how it actually works? I mean, some people may be going, oh, this could be good for my dog. Or I wonder if she'd be able to help with my, my, um, you know, Jeremy, the Dashens barking. Why is he always barking? And of course, sometimes there's a behavioral issue. Absolutely. And, and But sometimes there's something deeper. Yes. And so 
if people were to get in contact with you who um because you can work from from a distance yes. you can help people in America in the UK even though you're in um, Australia yeah. how does it work i mean i'm guessing they send you a photograph is sure. that right or sure. a little bit of information or you t- you tell us and 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 how and what people get back just a little bit to describe your service, but also people can get a feel for what you're doing behind the scenes, yeah, whether you're, it happens instantly or takes a bit of time. Tell, tell us what goes on. It's just fascinating. Yeah. So your, guess, your guessing was spot on. So um, what I would need is a picture where I see the animal's eyes really well, because I always start with asking the permission of the animal as well. Uh, only give you a little insight in the 12 years, five till six animals said, no, I don't want to talk with you now. And then we spoke the next day. And that is really, really important also to respect the animal. Uh, at the same time, I would need a second picture where I see the whole body because I do also body checks on the inside and outside of the animal. And then I would need like the history in a nutshell. So what is most important, what happened in her or his life. And then the owner or the, the like I said, the parents, human parents can send me uh, three to four questions they have for the animal that I will ask to the animal. And what is something really, really beautiful that uh, they can also send me a message they want me to tell to their animal. And it's so mm. wonderful. The animal always gives an answer back. Oh, yes. And that is beautiful. And then when I get it, um, I actually make a, you can say, an appointment with the, the human parent as well to talk afterwards with them. But uh, I start by, you can say, being in my room. And I perceive it as so much better when I am like for myself. I connect also with the universe so that I actually give away all my tensions or burdens that I don't bring that in or that it's me who is actually talking but that I'm really connected with the animal and then when I feel that I'm ready I actually look into this picture of the eyes of the animal and I ask for permission and sometimes it comes like yeah who are you uh, what do you want um I got already that an animal said like hey I want that you look in my eyes so I can feel if I can trust you and then when I get this permission, I start. I have a lot of, of books already filled with writing down from how are you. And then we start a whole communication. So that is how it works. Beautiful. And then you feed that information back to the um, parents of the dog. To the owner. Yes, uh, the, to the parents. Exactly. And um, what I also do, it is at one hand the communication. But at the other hand, I do body checks. I can feel on the outside what's going on with the animal or I can also step into the body of the animal and feel what's going on there. Um, I also started to give healing energy and um, then at the end of the sessions and that actually started with a horse. A horse actually um, didn't respond really well to the uh, healing energy I gave and then I got this image of I do a meditation with this horse and I let this horse actually go into the ocean and take away all his burdens and actually fill up with all the good in him and then come out on the beach and and actually 
yeah, be there and get dried by the sun. And there was such a profound difference afterwards that since then I actually offered tailor-made meditations for the animals. Oh, beautiful. And while I do that, um, I actually choose sound healing music for the animals and I send the link of the sound healing music to the owners so that they always can let the animal listen to it. And the animal gets like the energy of our meditation. So it is like a repetition and it stays with the animal. Our, you can say, oasis during mm. this meditation. Yes, I, I, I can totally understand and believe that, that the animals, they do love music. They, they definitely do oh. enjoy and appreciate it. You know, my... My dogs, when I stop and sing, I play an instrument, uh, an interesting instrument called a harmonium, which is a, a small yeah, wooden yeah. Indian kind of wind instrument, but looks like a bit like a small piano. And um, I sing and my dogs love coming and just lying and just bathing in the sound, mm. just, just like humans enjoy that as well. So, mm. Yes, absolutely. Wow. So True. a lot of our listeners... Or most, if not not all, but most of them are big, big dog lovers. So when it comes to dogs, I'm mm. sure you've worked with a lot of dogs. Is there anything in particular that you get a asked um, by dog parents or dog owners about and or common things that the dogs are saying that people may go, wow, that could be my dog. Is there anything kind of more so than other animals, I guess, is where I'm coming from? Mm, what's mm. a common theme with the dogs or yeah or is there not is it a case of all yeah. the animals whether it's a parrot or a, a cat or a monkey or a elephant is it would you say it's pretty much the same yeah it's 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 interesting it's an interesting question you asked me because what i feel it is like it is like um, you know, I'm not a doctor, of course, I'm not a doctor, but it is like when you go to a doctor, you get all different questionnaires of the patients. And that's what I feel. It is like when I get asked for dogs or, or cats or horses, every animal has his or her story. Um, and of course, what I can say, of course, there are these behavioral uh, issues um, and at the same time, what I'm also doing is giving palliative guidance. So that is at the end of a life of an animal that I actually guide the animal and the owner together through this process. Uh, and um, what I also offer, what I sometimes get asked for is airplane guidance so that I am here in Australia, but I guide the animals in the airplane from one part of the world to the other. I just did it from Hawaii to yes. Germany. Uh, and and it is actually quite important because for what I perceived is the animals are quite frightened in the, yes. in the airplane. Yes. And then I actually also connect with them and do meditations and keep them comfortable. And I actually already tell them about it, what will happen yes. before. And the feedbacks of the owners are really like, wow, our animals came out of the airplane yes. so relaxed. And again, also what you just said with the sound, I always give this sound healing link to the owners so that they also can listen to it when they arrive. So it is something they already know, you know? So that is something I, I really love to do mm -hmm. as well. And um, also with this 
palliative guidance, I feel like it is, and I can imagine you, you feel the same then in your work. It is often a work between owner, me and the animal. It yes. is teamwork that we do. And that that is actually for me the best where I connect, I, I perceive myself as a bridge between an animal and uh, the human yes. parents. Um, and when I can actually tell them what their animal needs, the owner or human parent can actually give that back to the animal. And then it is really, a, you know, it's like they can then develop a huge connection. Yes. And then what I also do, and, and afterwards I will come back to a dog, Indy, to give you a little bit an insight. But what I also love to do is, because I'm psychotherapist for human beings, I, I work with traumas with humans. But I realized by working with animals that animals keep traumas. It's not that they let go all the time. Of course, you see the dogs who shake it off. But sometimes when the trauma is too deep, they yeah. keep it. And so I developed actually a trauma therapy for animals. And that is actually what I also offer. So when an animal is had traumas, I can work with that. And um, maybe also only to give you an insight in a, a horse is that um, a horse was very aggressive. And the owner said like, hey, the vet told us already to put her down. I spoke first already with her and she told me that she misses her mom. And then the second time the owner said like, hey, even my husband tells me to go, yeah, to put her down. I, I don't know any further. So I spoke with this horse and she said, yeah, I miss my mom so much. And then I put, gave this further to the, to her owner and she then uh, contacted the breeder and the mother was still there and an auntie and the breeder was willing to take her back and so her human uh, parent brought her back to the breeder and she so the younger horse and her mom saw each other and you can say really galloped to each other and she's the most gentle horse again ah oh, that would have been a beautiful video to see see them meeting up again oh yeah absolutely absolutely and just uh, because of the palliative guidance and this teamwork i worked for nine months with a dog in canada his name was indy and um, he actually told me what he needs and jasmine his owner actually gave him what he needs and um, he actually sometimes also was trusting our process so much where Jasmine and I were like doubting it. Is this really going to work? And he told me once like, hey, when I trust oh, the process, brilliant. why don't you do that? You know, it's like, whoa, you know, and, and um, actually thanks to him, I started to work with chakras as well. Uh, and even, and that was for me also wonderful, I started to work with him with his organs because he had heart problems and lung problems. And uh, the beauty is, and it at one hand is quite sad, but beautiful that the organs actually at the end, he could pass over by himself, um, said like the spleen and, and the lung, they said like, or the spleen and the liver, they said like, hey, we give up, we are too tired. And then I asked the heart, hey, 
do you also want to give up your work because Indy is really, really tired? And the heart said, like, no, I wait till uh -huh. Indy is ready to go. And I actually had worked with Indy uh, a lot with meditations because he was also first scared to let Jasmine behind. Uh, and then actually at the end, 30 minutes before he went, I tuned in with him and he saw himself actually flying around in the sky and was actually ready to go. And then wow. he left on his own and the heart then stopped. So that was, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Death to death and animals is a fascinating experience. Um, I, I've, I've only had two dogs pass over and one of them oh. was very recently. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, um, my second dog who passed away was called Inca and she only passed away probably maybe three months ago, something like that, two months ago mm. and mm. Um, three months ago. But it doesn't feel, it feels like quite a while ago. She really, she left. Yes. What was so amazing is she was 12, or 12 and a half years old, something like that, 13, yep. 12, 13. And so we knew she possibly didn't have that long to go, but she also was incredibly fit little whippity pit bull thing. So she was fast as can be and always fit and healthy and always still running right to the end. But we knew she was getting, she had something a bit wrong with her. And yeah. one day next to the fridge, she just looked at me. And bear in mind, this is a dog who is the most affectionate little dog you've ever met probably spent half a half of a life you know just trying to connect and wanting to connect and wanting mm. cuddles and looking up and looking and looking at eyes but this time when she looked into my eyes I literally felt it instantly and she said you know I'm going yeah. you know this is it yeah this yeah. is the end and I'm okay mm. and I looked at wow. her and I just went what the heck just happened mm. because in 10 seconds mm. she literally told me i know i'm dying i don't know what i've got but i know i'm going and i'm telling you now mm. i know i'm going and goodbye and That's i thought wow. oh and it hit me so deep and that evening my wife said to me what do you think we should do with inca do you think we should take her to the doctors and i started mm. kind of sobbing a bit i said Yes. I kind of, um, I was almost crying. Well, I think I was crying. And I just said, I know, deep down, I know she's going to go. I know this is it. Mm. It's the end. And um, yeah. I said to my wife, I said, she actually told me today that she, this is it. I looked at her and she looked yeah. at me. And my wife said to me, oh, was that by the fridge when she was sitting down and you were by the back door and she looked up at you? And I said, yeah. She, and my wife just said, I saw it too. So wow. that five or 10 second interaction I had, and I, there was no yes. words spoken, was so powerful yeah. that mm. I felt it. Mm. I heard the words and my wife saw it and she said the same thing. Mm. She said, yeah, I felt that. It was like she was saying goodbye. And yeah. sure enough, the next day I took her down to the vets and the vets did some scans and the vets shook his head and said, you know, I came back two or three hours later when all the scans had been done. He said, I'm very, very sorry, but it's it's mm. the end. It's failed. There's nothing yeah. we can do. She's yeah. passed. And I think she stayed around for four or five days and we just loved her and spoke to her and cuddled her mm. and looked in her eyes and said, goodbye, you know, you're going. And she just kept looking at us going, yeah, I told you I was going four days ago. Yes. I'm ready to go. Wow. I'm ready to go. Wow. It's no big deal. I'm wow. ready. I'm ready. And this is wow. a nervous Excellent. little fearful dog by nature. When we got her, she was Incredible. so nervous. And she yeah. just said, I'm ready. Bring it on. 
You watch. Oh, I am yeah. so ready. Oh, yeah. So we, we kept the kids home from school because we felt it was, um, I, don't, I think it was school morning maybe. No, it was a Saturday mm. morning. So the kids were with us and the vet came around to put it down and she literally chose the place on the lawn. She flopped on this piece of grass and said, this is it. This is where I'm going to go. And I thought, yeah. this is like she knows. And yes. I'm absolutely certain she knew that this was it. Because yes. oh, she yeah. couldn't, because oh, yeah. I've got to a point where she couldn't actually stand up. And she just yeah. looked and said, I can't do this anymore. And we said, right, let's ring the vets. When the vet came and actually put the injection into our dear little dog, she was the type of dog who, you know, somebody sticking a, a, a needle in her arm when she doesn't understand it, could turn around and kind of snap and growl, not yeah. so much bite, but just say, hey, I don't want you doing that. Stop it. Yes. So I was very yes. aware that the last thing I wanted was, <laughs> you know, she's a beautiful dog, but of she course. didn't have many injections and she wasn't sure what it was. So she's lying there looking at me, looking straight into my eyes. And I'm pretty much crying but holding this space of love for her. And I'm mm. looking into her eyes. And the vet says, and the vet got his shaver out and shaved the little front leg. Mm. And she's still looking at me. And as a dog behaviorist, I thought, now that is weird. Here's a man that she barely knows who's shaving her left yeah. leg. And she's lying there and is not blinking or breaking connection with my eyes. Mm. And as the injection went wow. in, she did not blink and she did not break contact. She just looked at me wow. until she was passed away wow. and her eyes were still open, fully connected with my eyes. And it was Incredible. like, she knew. And she told oh, me, yeah. don't worry. This, yeah. Let me show you how good, how, how far we've come. Let me show you. This is, exactly. the, this is how far we've come. Because she entered this world an incredibly mm. nervous, fearful little, little puppy. And um, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was actually also the gift you gave her, and she gave you. Yes. it was like a present at the end as yes. well for what you gave her. It was, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. and it was funny. Yeah. She she seemed. It felt like she left our property and this home and moved on so quickly. It was like yeah. she like my other dog hung around for weeks and we this this little yeah. She was like, I'm gone, and um, <laughs> we had a we had a vision of a. Yeah, she'd already came back as a almost a wolf, kind of pulling a sled or a, a you know husky dog. Wow! Up in the mountains, like look at me now, Daddy. <laughs> look yeah. at me. <laughs> look at me now. Whoa. So anyway, yeah, I yeah. wanted to share that story about my um my passing of Inca. Yes, yeah, thank you. It's good to have it. Yeah. So um, I feel I really feel her. Mm, yeah. Beautiful little puppy, mm. puppy, puppy. Mm. Um. Mm. Yeah. And and what you just said, yes. you know, it is for me, animals are our teachers. Oh, yes. I, you know, I think like uh, often and, and I don't am really agreeing with the whole horse racing and dog racing industry. I hate it because I feel like there we misuse the animals and I feel actually we can learn so much from animals. They are really wisdom teachers, yeah. actually. You know, and also what you just said about Inca. Yes, is it? I was going to say, is there a dog in particular that you could? Uh, you got any stories around doggies? We love our doggy stories. Of a one who taught you something that made you think, "Wow." Yeah. I've learned something. I, I, I am not. I don't have a present at the moment, but who is coming up right away? Uh, and I told in a retreat about it. Uh, he was a seventeen-year-old street dog in Bali in Ubud. His name was Suro. And he actually told me 
uh, to pass on his life wisdom to the street dogs, um, that they actually shouldn't fight, that they should stand together, that they um, need to be aware that there are people who love them and people who don't like them and that they need to stand beside each other and not compete with each other. And he had something like like a Buddha in a dog. It was uh. really like he passed on. And f for a street dog to live 70 years, that's long. And he managed actually by just, you can say, being aware in the present moment. Yes. Uh, and that is what he passed on to the other dogs. And um, we are still thinking about uh, in, in the retreat that all the participants got together $1,000 and we want to make a statue for him in Ubud ah, because beautiful. he is like the symbol of a street dog who managed to, to live on the street by actually being aware and accepting and also uh, respecting himself, but also the other street dogs and not going in the fight the whole time, you know, mm. in this mood. So this, uh, yes. this was quite a wise dog, you can say. Yeah, and I guess it's not always physical fights, it's the emotional fights, it's the draining exactly. of your energy by getting in stuck into stuff and putting in sticking your nose in places it doesn't so have to true. be because you want to be controlling because you're scared of, you know, what might happen if you don't keep things set. It's more than just sure. the physical fight. And um, yeah, what a lesson sure. for us all. What a beautiful, sure. beautiful place sure. for us to finish, I feel. That uh, yeah. Yeah. staying in the love and not getting into Absolutely. the fights can... Uh, not exactly. It's a good exactly. way to And, and maybe, maybe, maybe um, something for your listeners as well. Um, um, I just told about Indy, about this Cocker Spaniel, you know, who, who actually was ready to go. And he is, he was for me also a role model of bringing on wisdom in his owner's life. Jasmine uh, wrote now the book he told her to write. He said, like, I don't leave this earth before you start with writing that book. Ugh. And you need to step into your self-esteem. You are much more worse than you think you are. And uh -huh. this transformed her life. And she is, you know, she's also a scientist. Uh -huh. um, but she listened to him and she just finished her book. And he is not the only one. I get that sometimes from dogs that they tell, hey, uh, my human parent, please believe more in yourself. Live what you do to me. Live that for yourself as well. And uh, start to write down our process. That's really, really interesting. And, and they really... When when you listen to them, they give you actually lessons, but beautiful lessons to learn, you know? Yeah. When when my first dog, Peanut, was passing away, yeah. she looked me in the eyes and she said, because I was singing on my harmonium instrument, I'd, I only just started playing it. It was like I'd played it for like maybe two or three hours. I'd had it a couple of weeks, but I'd only played it a little bit. Mm. And I didn't sound good at all, but I knew she'd love the sound because it sounded a bit like a harmonica, which is one of her favorite instruments. And as I played it, she looked at me, and I got this message, which was, um, yep. take that sound and share it, and don't you dare hide it under a mm. bushel. And a bushel is actually a biblical, uh, it's from scripture, and it actually means don't take your talent and hide it under a bush. Yes, yes. And I thought, 
oh, you've got to be kidding. I'll never play this in public. But because it was my dog yes. and because it was one of her last wishes, mm. I, I have shared it. Great. And it is such an amazing blessing. And it was like she knew yes. she was right. It is. I actually have a, a talent there, which I would have hidden under a bush exactly. or a bushel or whatever. Exactly. But she knew. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Christina. Yes. We're gonna probably best good time to wrap it up. But I would yeah. love you to share with people where can they find out more about you and what you do, and if they've got a dog who or an animal that they'd love to get a bit of an insight in or try something different. How, how can they get a hold of you? And um, for people who want to become animal communicators, what's the website again? Yeah, so the website is www.animalcommunications.com.au and there they will uh, see about my training. I will start the 18th of September a new group and it is a training group that will take place over seven months in seven sessions. Uh, and But that is, of course, mainly for the people who live here in Perth. Uh, otherwise, I also give retreats. I will give a new retreat in April, the 2nd till the 8th April here in Western Australia. At the other hand, I offer also online training. So when someone would be interested and lives in Holland, I even had also people in India who took my online training. I can also give online training in animal communication. And of course, um, when you would have questions, I have there also on my webpage, I have my email address, christina at animalconnect.com.au, where you can ask me questions. And I'm more than willing to answer your questions and also maybe by WhatsApp that we can also, because I can imagine um, maybe your listeners want also to, to feel my connection with them that's also important and maybe by whatsapp we can see each other we can feel each other before they say yes that's the person for my animal to talk with beautiful beautiful and what i'll do is i'll put all of those links and um and lots of information about what you do on our website as well so if you're looking for it on our website it'll be the online dog trainer.com forward slash animal communication right so we'll have a full transcription of this podcast the podcast and all the links to your site so yeah if you're looking for help one-on-one -on -one help or uh, online help or if you're in perth australia you can go and do some courses there fantastic christina it's been great then yes something is something uh, would be for me when that's possible quick to 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 say important for people that um, I feel sometimes people think like, wow, what you are doing, that's so amazing. And, 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 and I want to say, no, it's not amazing. It is actually, I feel that we were all born with this gift. Um, I feel like our society actually made that we don't look at our gift anymore. We are disconnected yes. from actually, you know, when you look at your children, I can imagine then they have yes. this connection. But when you go to school, to stressful, you know, and, and be in the society, you lose this gift. So actually, when you think like, oh, I would love to do that. It is actually just important, and that is what I do in trainings and retreats, to connect with yourself yes. again. Give yourself the time. Open yourself up from the inside out, and then you will start to understand your animals again. You know, it's really, that is, it's in us all, but we actually lost it, you know? Dare to dream, dare to believe. That's uh... Exactly. Yeah, true. 
if you dare to dream and dare to believe, yep. then it kind of comes true. Yep. If you don't, well, it never does. But uh, sure. the choice is yours. Yeah. Christina, it has been such a pleasure. So interesting. Yeah. It's just uh, been fascinating having you on the show. And uh, so hope you've enjoyed it, listeners. I'm sure you have. And uh, thank you so much, Christina. And uh, look forward to having you on the show again, maybe one day in the future. Great. Thank you so much, then. It was also really good for me to be in dialogue with you. Thank you. Yeah. And also to Beautiful. the listeners, thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Have a great day. Take care, Christina. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog. 